welcome to Murder She Spoke. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'll be your host of this podcast. So guys, I'm on my second episode. The first episode is out of the way. I'm absolutely delighted and I'm so thrilled with how it went and all the feedback that I'm getting back from everyone. Like it's fantastic, honestly. It's it's so nice to hear and from people all over the world. Like I was looking and um, I was amazed to see that you know, there was people from like Australia listening, um, in the States, Canada, England, Ireland, and there was one person listening from France. So thank you, whoever that was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy to see that that's already happening. So that's amazing. Um, and I want to thank everyone for all the feedback they gave me. Um, whether it was like really positive or critical feedback, I need that. Like it, you have no idea how much that helps me. And um, the one thing I definitely learned was I should not read off paper. Oh dear God, that was it was mortifying listening to myself when I was like losing my place and like stuttering. Oh, it's so bad. But um, yeah, and I cannot read my chicken scratch. It is so bad. Like I, like losing my place was bad enough, and then having to find out what I actually wrote was just so so embarrassing but you know what you live and you learn so um definitely not doing that again so what I'm just gonna do is just like make like easy points for myself to read and just kind of elaborate off that make it sound as like natural as possible because I could talk forever but as soon as I'm reading something and trying to speak at the same time you can hear it in my voice how concentrated I, I get and it just sounds so unnatural so yeah hopefully um I don't have to do that again because I did not even enjoy listening to that. So sorry to ever have to suffer and listen to me and get in secondhand embarrassment because I was embarrassed for myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and oh, one more thing too. Um, apologies to my grandma in the United Kingdom. Like she lives right in London. My auntie played the podcast for her and her least favorite word in the whole wide world is fuck. And I said it so many times in the podcast so my apologies grandma dora but that's gonna be a hard one not to do because that is one of my favorite words in the world so um but thank you for listening <laughs> um but yeah so uh yeah i'm glad that you guys are really trying your best to like, support me and get it out like i already had a client the other day she told me that um she had a group chat of like 10 girls and they all came and they like I went on Apple Podcasts and I left a review and everything. So I really, really, like, I appreciate that so much when you guys can do that for me because um, it's all about like getting the word out and um, getting as many supporters and listeners as you can. So if you can tell everyone you know, whether it be your coworkers, your clients, your family, your friends, even if they don't like true crime, if they could just go on there and give me a subscribe and like a listen or like just like a rate and review. Um, I know true crime is not for everyone, believe me. Um, but yeah, so it's already great to see, like, I know I'm blowing up, like, everyone's, like, social media right now on Instagram, Facebook and stuff, but uh, it's kind of, like, the beginning of, uh, I guess, something that I'm starting on my own, so I need to get on, like, all social media platforms, and I'm even thinking of downloading Twitter again, so here we go. But uh, yeah, and then I'm in the middle of trying to make my own webpage and create a, um, a work email for this. So all those things are coming up as well. So I'm just trying to work on all those things as well of like, you know, researching different types of unsolved mysteries and murders and yada, yada, yada. But uh, yeah, I just I'm so happy with everyone's support like you've no idea like how nice it is so I appreciate you um, listening and I appreciate you spreading the word um, 
I wish there was another way that I could show my gratitude for that but all I can say is thank you so so much it really really does mean a lot to me um and yeah getting my parents to listen to it too that was kind of nerve-wracking as well I already asked my mom if she would like to come on the show and she was like absolutely not but I don't know I'll convince her somehow or another <laughs> but yeah so uh here we go this is gonna be my second episode and I'm gonna be talking about Jean Benet Ramsey um so here we go enjoy guys all right guys here we go so uh Jean Benet Ramsey is a six-year-old beauty queen from Boulder Colorado um, she was unfortunately found murdered in her home on December 26, 1996. Um, her case is still unsolved to this day. So this case is a very sad one because not only is it frustrating that it's an unsolved case with lots of different evidence and DNA testing and people linked to the murder, but nobody has ever been convicted or charged um, to this murder to this day. Um, which is very upsetting, I guess, that the family and, you know, too, for the police for the, for the police force who, like, worked long, long hours to try and find out who murdered JonBenet Ramsey. Um, so she was an American child beauty queen um, from Boulder, Colorado. She was only six years old at the time of her murder. And with this murder, um, like I said, it's still unsolved and it became the decade's most famous police investigation. Uh, just, again, like I said, there's just so many different links to this, but nobody yet has found the answer. So in 2008, new DNA technology helped absolve the Ramsey family in any wrongdoing in the murder, which, you know, once you kind of get into this case, it's so hard not to be suspicious of the parents. Even like when you look at the Madeleine McCann case there's just certain things you're like okay but maybe they could have done this or maybe they could have done that like you still want to look at them you still it's like that you know everyone's kind of skeptical but again not enough evidence but just enough to maybe think they did it um however in 2016 evidence suggested that the DNA evidence is a mixture of DNA. So now there's more DNA testing happening because the DNA that they did have was just, it was mixed in with too many different things. So they couldn't actually link it to one person. Um, so yeah, they're doing a lot more testing now these days. Still on this case, as it's still a case, it's open. Um, to date, nobody has ever been charged. Um, the case remains open for nearly two whole decades now. So that's a lot and um you know this was this happened the year before i was born um and it was still being you know it's it's it was still talked about in the media recently you know in 2016 and 2018 so people are still talking about it it's still a, just such a mystery of a case and when i actually first heard about it i heard it on my favorite murder which is one of my favorite podcasts ever i would highly recommend it it's just it's so good and it's actually quite funny as well um but yeah that's where i heard it from they did such a good job on it um so anyways um jean benet she was named after her father john and her mother patricia also known as patsy um she was born in 1990 in atlanta georgia um, she was the youngest of two children, her older brother, Burke, who was nine at the time of the murder. Um, 
Burke was also a suspect in um, the case as well, as we'll talk about later on. Um, she, embo- she enjoyed being the center of attention. She was outgoing, happy, little Southern girl. Um, so, of course, you know, she's in the pageant industry. So she already has that really outgoing, bubbly personality. And, um, yeah, she was, by the age of six, she had won multiple pageant titles, um, all thanks to her bouncy blonde hair, her happy smile, and extremely glittery costume. So if you ever Google a picture of her, I'll also be posting a picture on my social media. Um, she is just what you would picture as a pageant queen, especially as a six-year-old. You know, she's this tiny little blonde girl. She's absolutely gorgeous. And like it's just so sad to think that you know she was murdered at such a young age um but yeah so her father was a multi-millionaire businessman and her mother actually used to be an ex-beauty queen so that's where that whole thing of getting her into the beauty industry or beauty pageant industry sorry i should say um came from so both the parents doted on her, their daughter. Um, they lived in a luxurious home um, with their comfortable wife. So again, having a multimillionaire father um, from his business is kind of nice. You know, the mom doesn't really have to worry about much. The kids don't really have to worry about much. So they are living a comfortable life. Um, you know, they look like the picture perfect family. So on the morning of December 26th, um, Patsy Ramsey wakes up to find a ransom letter asking for $118,000 for her daughter's safe return. So you can imagine it's the morning after Christmas. The house is decorated. Everything's looking nice. You know, mom's just getting out of bed. She's coming down the stairs and she finds a note on the staircase. Um, so she immediately starts to panic. She calls the police she says that there's been an abduction that her child is missing and the police need to come quick um and you know she's worried that her kid has been kidnapped from this note that's been left on the stairs so she of course what any parent would do is call the police sadly to everyone's surprise she was actually found in the basement of the home um she had a fractured skull she had been sexually assaulted and strangled with um, a type of cord that was wrapped around her neck and with that cord um, it was made from one of Patsy's um, paintbrushes that's what was kind of tied around her neck um, the official death was asphyxia by strangulation associated with okay this word let's see how I do um, craniocerebral trauma I could have totally butchered that but we'll never know you guys probably know exactly what i was trying to say but that was just my little take on that huge word that i have no idea why to actually say it um and then her death was classified as a homicide so let me start going into the investigation here um the boulder police made a crucial error multiple crucial errors actually um that compromised the investigation first off john the father he was allowed to move his daughter's body from the basement. Um, so I'm guessing that during the investigation, the police had, at the very beginning of the investigation, the police had no reason to believe the parents were involved. So maybe for grieving parents, they're just like, you know, what, we're going to let him take her up. Or maybe he did it without even asking the police, but it tampered with the evidence. Um, and it did make you know it very hard for the investigation because now her body's been moved by you know maybe i guess a 
potential suspect. So um, John and Patsy were interviewed. They were they were not actually interviewed separately during the initial um, investigation and questioning. So already I found that quite strange. Like the mom and the dad are both allowed to be investigated together. Um, and none of their stories are matching up between the two of them. So already that's just, that's got to be setting up red flags um, for the interviewer being like, who the hell is telling the right story here? Um, so the Ramses become the main subjects of the murder, which there is just so many different things. Like, first of all, with um, the the ransom amount of money that they wanted to give back the child. Um, it was $118,000, which is what he got for his Christmas bonus like that year. So already that's a very strange thing. It's like, oh, was there someone at his work that had known that he got that uh, bonus? And, you know, they wanted to hold um, Jean Benet um, captive until, you know, he gave him that money. Um, there is also the fact of they had a ransom note but before they could even give them the money before they could give them this huge elaborate long ransom note which i'll read to you guys um it's it's just mad to me that they kill if they wanted this money why did they go ahead and kill her before they even got the money before they could even set up this ransom i really don't understand that and to me that just does not add up um but i will read the the letter to you now um it it is just it's such a long rigmarole of a story and to me it's just too elaborate so here we go here is the letter that was left the ransom note mr ramsey listen carefully we're a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction we respect your business but not the country it serves so already these people are giving a little bit of information about themselves which why would you do why not just put down the amount that you want where you're going to be what time you're going to be there and if you don't do it that's it we're going to kill your daughter no instead these people decide to write basically a freaking storybook um at this time we have your daughter in our possession she is safe and unharmed and if you want to see her 1997 you must follow our instructions to the letter you'll withdraw $118,000 from your account a hundred thousand will be in hundred dollar bills and the remaining eighteen thousand in twenty dollar bills. Make sure to bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you'll put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between eight and ten AM tomorrow to instruct you instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. Wow, these guys really seem to care about this guy. Making sure he's nice and rested. Have a little nap before he comes, as you do, you know, before you get your daughter, before you get your daughter from being held captive by some crazy motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, have a little nap. You know, then you'll be nice and calm, right? Um, if we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery on the money. Hence, the earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of, in, of my instructions will result in immediate execution of your daughter. You'll also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Ooh, scary. 
Um, speaking to anyone about your situation, such as the police or FBI, will result in your daughter being beheaded. That is so extreme. Like, that is some mafia shit. Like, where the hell did that come out of? Like, just beheading your daughter? Like, okay, <laughs> I would be scared if I read that, but that just seems so drastic. If we catch you uh, talking to a stray dog, she dies. <laughs> which I don't know maybe that's like slime or something I have no idea what that means but when I read that I was like what it's like you can't talk to a stray dog that obviously means something else I just don't know what that means but it literally made me laugh so hard when I read that but anyway um so if we catch you talking to a stray dog she dies if you alert bank authority she dies if you can try to Oh, sorry. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned. We are familiar with law enforcement and uh, tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try and grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use the good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. Signed. S-B-T-C. So, that was the letter there. I don't know about you guys, but... I have actually never read any other ransom letter or ransom note in my whole life. So to me, that seems quite elaborate, but maybe that's what they are like. Um, I would just think, you know, you put the facts down, you put the date and the time and you get your money and you bring back the daughter. Sure, like maybe a little thresh, but beheading? Holy shit, that's so insane. So there you go. That was the letter. Um, it's quite long. I don't know if you guys think that. So... I'd be interested to hear if what your thoughts are on that letter because to me that seems just so elaborate um but yeah so moving on then to the public eye uh of course there's like lots it's all over the tv it's all over the news um the public viewed the parents as guilty after hearing about the evidence so you know there's not a, a whole bunch of consistent evidence it's he said she said I did this I did this oh no actually then I did this and then I actually did this like there's nothing to say like this is solid their stories don't match um so there's just a lot of inconsistency here um the media appearances made them appear to be culpable so they're moving on to the suspicion so the ransom note the pen and paper um, was actually from inside the house and it's around Christmas time it's Colorado so there's snow everywhere and it, it was fresh snow that night and there is not a footprint to be found outside the house so already people are like okay how is this possible but then when you look inside the evidence of the house there's two sets of footprints so there is believed to be two people involved in this case but again not enough evidence to show who if it was a man or a woman or if it was two men and two women we just don't know but outside the house there's no visible signs of break-in nor is there a sign of anyone even walking up to the house at all 
Um, so again, moving going back to when they wrote the ransom note, they were obviously planning. Okay, we're gonna write this note. We're gonna take her. You know, we'll threaten them and then we'll meet up. No, instead they decide to take her, murder her, and still leave the note there behind. Um, and how on earth do they get away with that when there is three other family members asleep in the house? I mean, I sleep in the basement of my house, and this is a little bit different, but I can hear everything upstairs. And even sometimes when I'm upstairs, you can still hear the tiniest little sounds in the night. Um, you know, whether it be someone walking around or a cupboard opening and closing. But I know for sure you'd be able to hear someone in my house anyways, yelling or screaming or someone being, you know, being bashed or assaulted or something like that, right? So that's what I think anyways. I, I definitely think I'd be able to hear that. Maybe it's because I'm a light sleeper. Um, but then there was a, also there was a part of like a practice note found. So it was like just a ripped off piece of paper where they'd started writing the note again and you know, it just, they stopped and rewrote it. So I'm guessing maybe they misspelled something or whatever, but there's actually, in the actual ransom note, um, there's some words that are misspelled. Um, so that's also interesting as well. Um, yeah, like here I have written that like the word possession was spelt wrong, but then they have attache being spelt right. And with an, like, you know, it, it, it just seems to me like it's, they know what they're spelling, but there's some things that they don't. It's very mixed match. So then again, people think the letter was a hoax to cover up if, you know, um, Patsy or Burke had had an accident, they accidentally murdered her. So they're like, okay, well, let's make up this elaborate note and it'll be covered up, yada, yada, yada. And maybe they come up with this $118,000 because oh, they knew that he had got that in his bonus that year. Um, little evidence to show there was an intruder again. So the whole thing of people coming into the house um, and let alone into the basement. Like, how do you not wake up to anything like that? It just is beyond me. Um, recent theories show that Patsy might have accidentally been killed by... Um, uh, like that Patsy might have like killed Jean Bonnet accidentally. Um, and then that, that was her covering it up and um, doing this whole big ransom note thing or that her brother had accidentally killed Jean Bonnet. So there's one theory um, that I've heard of about him actually having quite a little bit of like anger issues as a, as a nine-year-old. And um, one of them being that she wakes up and he's downstairs eating pineapple and she asks if he can have some and he refuses to give her some but she has some anyways and then he strangles her out of anger the mother finds that and she doesn't want you know if it does get out in media and it does come to a time when the police come to the house that he gets in trouble for it so she covers up as if there has been um you know an intruder in the house and they kidnap her and they leave the ransom note so that's another one of the theories that i've looked into there's actually quite a lot of theories um, but that one I found like quite interesting. And then there was in the autopsy report, there was pineapple in, you know, her tummy at the time. So she had just ingested it. Um, if Patsy or Burke were the culprit, the note would have been staged as well as a strangulation. So it doesn't really add up to the evidence that they would have done that. But again, a lot of people theorize that that might be the case. 
Um, the handwriting analysis rules out John and Patsy um, because it was inconclusive. Um, John John's handwriting just did not match it at all. Whereas Patsy's, it was inconclusive. So they couldn't really find out if it could be her or if it wasn't her. Experts say signs are more consistent with child abduction. So already people are after you know pointing the finger at them now as there's more evidence goes or more investigation goes into this that maybe it wasn't them there's not enough evidence to prove it was the parents um in 2013 it came to light that in 1999 um that the grand jury had decided to um indict charges of child abuse resulting in death but the boulder district attorney alex hunter did not sign the indictment uh because there was lack of evidence so then again there was that stronger point where kate obviously this juror definitely did think that um they did do it he was like okay absolutely like sign this and then we can put them in jail lock them up but um again the district attorney did not think so at all Oh, you can probably hear my dogs barking. Um, so, yeah, this was then casting further doubt on his theory that, um, you know, the, the DNA evidence was not enough to, you know, prove them guilty. Um, so it was it was hard, I think, probably at that time because everyone is, like, looking at them and being like, okay, like, obviously they did it. So they actually decide to move away and move back to Atlanta, Georgia. So now we're moving on to the first non-Ramsey suspect. Um, his name was Bill McReynolds. He was a local man and he knew the Ramsey family quite well. Um, he actually had visited the house two days before the murder. Now this guy already gives me the creeps. Um, you know, there's so many things about this guy that just are so, so strange. Um, one thing being, for instance, that he used to dress up as Santa Claus. Um, and I just kind of, I mean, I love Christmas. And I love Santa Claus, but there's just something about this guy. It's just so creepy. Um, his own daughter had been kidnapped 22 years before Jean Benet in 1974. And then the creepiest thing about all this is that his wife wrote a play about um, a child being murdered and molested in a basement. And that's exactly where the murder had happened, was in a basement. And she was molested and she was murdered. Like, oh, it just gives me a shiver. It's so creepy. Um, according to the Denver Post, he felt very close to Jean Benet. So, quote, um, her murder was harder on me than my own operation. She made um, a profound change in me. So he's telling um, some newspaper this. Um, the Benet brought um, a small jar of glitter to him before um, his operation. And he asked his wife if he did not survive um, the operation that it um, would be put in with his ashes, this little box of glitter, which I think is so creepy. Like that is just so weird. Um, and like to think that this guy wanted to put like glitter in his ashes if he died that he got from um, a young six-year-old girl is just so creepy uh, but yeah that in itself I was just like Kate dude you are so fucked it's so weird um, but unfortunately there was nothing to tie him to this case 
and there wasn't enough DNA to prove that this could have been the guy and that maybe that you know he was just a nice friendly old man and again I don't know if these people are thinking that you know him dressed up as Santa Claus has something to do with it because it was the day after um Christmas so did he do they think that he came to the house and then he was dressed up as Santa Claus and you know she she liked Christmas she was a kid right so maybe that he came into the house and um he tried to kidnap her that way I mean if I was a six-year-old and I woke up and I saw Santa Claus in my room I would fucking shit myself I love Christmas and I'm never afraid of like sitting on Santa Claus's lap but there was something that terrified me about waking up on Christmas Eve and seeing Santa Claus I used to be so afraid of going to bed and maybe it had something to do with like all like the Christmas pranks that my parents used to do like the one year um when we woke up in the morning they had like stuffed a Santa Claus suit with pillows and had an empty bottle of Jack Daniels by the the sofa and like Santa Claus was facing towards the sofa and one of his boots were falling out of the chimney and the other one was outside the sitting room door and we went inside we saw him there I'm not even kidding you you'd swear all four of us all four of us kids have been murdered there was like blood curdling screams my mom's trying to get it all in camera and it totally backfired on her because we're like what the fuck Santa Claus is in our sitting room like and then from then on, like all these horrible stories, all these like horrible pranks my parents would play at us, it made us so scared of actual Christmas Eve. Like we would be terrified to even leave our rooms to go pee. I remember we had like Velux windows upstairs in one of the bathrooms and the one Velux window was like right above the toilet. And I remember one night I really had to pee and I was like, oh God, I was like, if I go pee, then Santa Claus is going to be like looking in on the window. Like just, I mean, such an elaborate imagination, but yeah such a sidebar but what I'm trying to get the point is here is if a young kid woke up and they saw Santa Claus in the room I think they would be scared and I think they would scream for their mom and dad so I don't know I can see why maybe they thought that it wasn't him um and like that's just my theory on it it's like is that what they were thinking is that why they linked him to it because he dressed up as Santa Claus he was also there two days before but then again there wasn't enough evidence and they just think that he was a nice old man which he very well could have been so the second non-Ramsey suspect um, is Barry Olive, I think his name was. Um, he only lived a few blocks away from their home. In 2016, Olive was arrested on charges of child pornography. Uh, and then in 2000, he was arrested on unrelated drug charges. So what I think this next point here is just so creepy. Um, he found to, he was found to be carrying a picture of Jean Benet in his backpack. Like what the actual fuck? Why would you have a picture of a child who's been missing or sorry, who's been murdered for, you know, the last four years in your backpack? Like what the what are you doing, dude? Like get rid of it. Like Jesus Christ. Like I just think that's so creepy. And to have like no relation to the family either. Like it's not like he was like a family member. He was a neighbour from a few houses down the road. Ew, gross that creeps me out um so yeah he was found to be carrying that picture um and so he told the Denver Post this is why he had the picture um Jean Benet murder touched me in a very deeply way I felt she was an exceptional girl whose death was an, an, ex- an exceptional loss I felt the need 
uh, to build a monument or shrine to remember this little girl, which is so fucking creepy. Ew, like go away. Like, ugh. Why, why do you, why do people feel the need to like hold on to these things that has nothing to do with them? Like, God, creepy. Ugh. Anyways, then um, shortly after that interview with um, the Denver Post, an old high school friend of Olivier, Michael Vale, said in an interview with the magazine um, that Olivier had called him the day after the murder saying, I've hurt a little girl, I've hurt a little girl. According to Vale, Olivier um, also confirmed the location of which he had done these things to this, so, you know, this little girl, um, saying it was in Boulder, Colorado. Which, you know, the police obviously take this in and they review it and they're like, okay, this, I mean, this has to be him. And um, yeah, it, it, it definitely sounds like a spiraling, I guess, worry into the case even more so because they're wondering like how how has this guy like not been caught and why why didn't he come to us like why is he confessing to some guy that he used to go to high school with um this is interesting because records show that no other girl that night um was hurt you know so who was he talking about was he talking about jean benet i don't know so also levy uh used um like a similar strangling method on his mother one time out of anger with a cord from um, an iron which I think is crazy so he's already had these anger issues he's had problems with child pornography um, drug paraphernalia all these things so this guy already is troubled and yet again there was not enough DNA evidence to link him to the case so see you later you're not the guy we're looking for and now we're moving on to the third guy also not relate he's a, he's a, not a relation of the benets at all so um or sorry the ramses um this guy is called john mark carr another fucking creepy dude first of all these three guys that i'm talking about here are just all in all so fucking weird I, I can't even handle the stories when I was reading these I was like god these guys are creeps like I would just arrest them just for solely being creepy and put them in jail like they don't even deserve to be walking on the streets um so John Mark Carr he was a divorced father um he actually confessed to the uh, the crime um via email to a um a professor named Michael Tracy um, they'd email back and forth for almost four years so he could gain his trust. Uh, Tracy said this experience that you're about to read and hear is truly the dark side of human psyche and having to pretend that it's okay that I wasn't going to sit here in judgment because otherwise the communication would have stopped. This was the worst experience of my life by far. It was horrible, end quote. Carr used similar wording um, in the ransom note than what he was talking to the professor. So they have very similar like ways of like writing. Like all these were on email. This wasn't like handwritten notes. It was very very similar. Um, Carr said that he was in love with Jean Benet, which, gross. She's a six year old girl, and I don't even know how old you are, but I'm guessing you're like in your forties or something. Like you fucking weirdo, get out of here. 
Um, um, he confessed to hitting Jean Bonnet on the head with a flashlight in the basement. Um, so then, you know, he's confessing to all these things that he... And the, the, the hard part is a lot of this stuff had been released in the news. So he could have been getting a lot of this from, you know, um, different tabloids or, you know different investigators talking on like like live television so he's gathering all these evidence and maybe creating his own story but then again you don't know he actually could have been the killer again not enough dna evidence so on august 16 2008 thanks to the british intelligence the royal thai um, authorities and homeland security they were able to locate car in bangkok thailand um he had been on the run because he had been charged with child pornography in the States. So he was like, see you later, I'm peacing out. Maybe I'll disappear if I just, you know, go to a massive city in Thailand. And uh, yeah, no one will ever find me there. But no, unfortunately, he didn't outsmart enough people. So he did get caught there. Um, a few months after his confession, uh, Boulder County District Authority issued a formal apology to John, uh, John and Patsy Ramsey. Um because a lot of suspicion had been thrown on that family and to be honest there still is a lot of suspicion so um you know she was just basically giving it a formal apology because so many people have been pointing the finger um nobody in the ramsey family is a suspect anymore end quote so uh as for dna it did not match car um he was not charged at all so again we have another fucking creep who's i mean he got arrested anyways for child pornography and was put in jail but he was not linked to this case again it's just such it's like trial and error trial and error trial and error you know there's just not enough evidence to get these bad guys like you know every single one of them it could have been them there's just so many creepy things like especially like having a picture in your backpack or you know going to the house two days before the murder um and then another bucko saying that oh he he's in love with jean benet and he knows all these different facts about the murder maybe some facts that people shouldn't even know like how do you know this stuff like who are you three guys um yeah it's uh it, it's definitely crazy so however u.s homeland security continued to investigate car um and he had not enough again again not enough evidence to hold against him for this case so that was dropped um mark beckner former boulder police chief said um his confession um and the shared sorry the, the confession that he shared with us did not match the evidence and we knew within 18 hours that he was not the guy we were looking for end quote um so obviously he is trying to like play this like character of like oh yeah i want to be the creep that did it and this is what people are thinking is yeah he's writing this whole elaborate story for the last four years to this professor about how he did it and how he did this and how he did that and how he felt about it and yada 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 just so he can go in jail and it was funny because one of the videos i was watching on this um the two guys were like oh yeah like we don't want to put you in jail like you're just trying to take credit for something you didn't do and you're just like overall creep in general right so and i agree with that like you know why why do people feel the need to pretend they're someone like this is not something to be proud of there's just so many weird people in the world like why on earth like it, it just it's it's so strange 
So then we move on and we have Dr. Henry Lee. Um, he's a DNA expert and he, most people would know him from when he was working on the OJ Simpson trial. Um, so he's very, very famous and working with DNA and everything. So um, he studied DNA for John Bonet, for the John Bonet scene. And Dr. Lee found that John Bonet's underwear may have held transfer DNA from the malfunction uh, manufacturer process. Um, he proved uh, this by testing on an unopened packet of underwear. Um, then he concluded that the DNA was considered fall fallacious. So that meant that any of the six following suspe suspects could be the murderer. Um, nobody will ever know what has happened to Jean Benet, uh, which Jean Benet Ramsey, which is so, so sad, you know, and if it wasn't the parents, what a heartbreaking thing to have to go through. First of all, having multiple people point the finger at you and, you know, for this to be going on for years and years later, I think like the most recent um, DNA testing that were done were in 2018. So that's not too long ago. That's only, you know, like two years ago. So, I mean, there's, it's just so sad to think that these people are still going to be struggling with this. And if it was them, they've gotten away with it for so many years, like, like almost 20 years. Like, and again, there's just so many different little things, like the ransom note and how things were written and the brother having, if you look up, there's so many different theories on the, the her older brother, Burke, that are just so creepy. Like he seemed like he had like a little bit of a troubled childhood and maybe that's because so much of the light was shined on Jean Bonnet. Um, but we don't know that it's, it's just really hard to say, but I mean, maybe one day we'll figure something out. And again, like to compare it to the Madeleine McCann case where there's so much evidence, but just not enough to ever like, a, like, I guess they have, the, the only thing is they have made arrests on the Madeleine McCann case, but nothing has ever come to like a full conclusion. Um, and that's like a more like a modern day one but still it, it's just so so sad to think that one morning after Christmas when everyone's so happy that you go downstairs and you find that your daughter's been murdered in your basement I can't imagine the horror that went through those that family that, that went through that family at that time it's it's a very very heartbreaking story but it's also so interesting and there's so many good documentaries um there's a netflix documentary and i believe it's called like something um auditioning for jean benet or something and it's it's all these different people from the hometown uh, i don't unfortunately don't have the american netflix so um i couldn't watch it but there is other ones um there's like a cnn one a cnn documentary that is on uh, YouTube that you can watch I think it's like an hour and 20 minutes long so that one I'd really recommend um there's also like a quick little BuzzFeed one that kind of runs through everything um they had like a lot of the same information that I had um and yeah and like I actually had got some of my information from these documentaries on YouTube I got some from Wikipedia and uh, Web Sleuth so if you ever want to go and check like where I got all that information from uh, that was actually one piece of feedback that I got is to say like where I got my information from and like what websites and everything so yeah uh listen to like my favorite murder episode I'm sure there is probably a documentary or like a podcast sorry um on Apple Podcasts or Spotify based on Jean Benet that you could listen to but uh, yeah, that is the story of Jean-Benet Ramsey. 
um and that's it then that's my second episode done um I felt it went like a lot more smoothly <laughs> I mean besides my uh dog barking in the middle of it all and actually our next door neighbors right now are getting like their roof fixed so there's lots of banging going on in the background and then Kyle decided to come down my brother he decided to come down in the middle of it all and he's trying to speak to me and I'm like waving my hand I'm like I'm recording I'm recording go away <laughs> that's the trouble with living at home in your parents basement um you know it's very hard to get peace and quiet I was actually hoping to get this recording done before everyone came home but what can you do um yeah I can't believe it's already 4 30 but I'm glad this is a way now that I can spend my days off from work because I was really starting to be like crap like what am I gonna do like on my days off so this is perfect perfect time to really start this up but yeah anyways please rate review and subscribe uh tell all your friends that is what's gonna help me the most like I said at the beginning of the podcast and again, huge, huge thank you to everyone. And please let me know what you thought of this episode. Um, yeah, can't wait to release it. It's going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google and Anchor. That's what I'm using right now to um, record all my um, uh, episodes. I am doing all the editing myself. I am looking for like some software and stuff to use to make it like more professional. So right now I'm literally doing everything on my own. I have a really good friend, Kevin in England, and he is actually going to make me a new cover for my podcast, which I'm super excited about. So that's coming up. And yeah, let me know if there's any murders or, you know, any sort of true crime story or unsolved mystery that you would like me to do because I'd love to hear back from you guys. Um, and also I posted it on my Instagram story yesterday about for the month of October I'm hoping to do two episodes a week one just being me uh talking about like a true crime story and then another one I would love to have one of my friends come on or like a guest of some sort and telling like your spooky stories like let's get into the Halloween spirit I'm all for it like this is like my favorite time of year I really can't wait to go to like the Calgary Corn Maze and stuff or the flashlight one they do like that's so much fun so um I really just want to start getting people in that kind of spirit so if you know anyone who would love to come on it'll just be chill you know it's gonna be my basement I'm gonna have a candlelight it's not gonna be anything fancy or scary like we're literally gonna be talking shit so I would just like for to get the public involved in my podcast and have different guests come on and tell me their cool stories so let me know what you think about that and I hope you enjoyed this episode all right guys have a great day bye-bye